0: Good morning, everyone. Oh, my, this is more people than I thought would be able to get here. My friends, um, on uh, this first day of the new calendar year, and uh, uh, this is uh, the solemnity of Mary, the Mother, the Holy Mother of God. And in the United States, normally would be a holy day of obligation. It's a solemnity throughout the churches, throughout the world, but normally it would be. Uh, uh, But... uh, Oddly enough, when it's on a Saturday and a Monday, and a, it's not. <laughs> I leave that to the bishops to figure out. It is also um, a World Day uh, of Peace, a prayer for peace. And um, um, we're trained that uh, we can speak about many things. The homilist can talk uh, on many topics. We could talk about peace. We could talk about Mary, the mother of God, the Islam we, uh, we can talk about the scriptures, of course. We can talk about the prayers Uh, uh, for the Mass and everything. So I listened very attentively to see what uh, Francis, uh, our Pope, was going to say. And uh, he speaks to the world on a world scene, so he was really kind of, he had the two main messages that he was uh, putting forth. And my friends, today we begin um, the new calendar year of 2022, and we begin it well by being here in this house. And God's presence. And uh, we unite ourselves to Mary, the mother of Jesus, the Christ, our mother. And through her, then, if you will, uh, we unite ourselves to Jesus, who is the Son of Mary and the Son of God. We celebrate the solemnity of Mary, the Holy Mother of God. And in the Eastern Church, a word uh, that uh, is wonderful, the Theotokos. And uh, so, my friends, I decided to focus on the readings mm, this year. Mm, the readings uh, for the Mass, particularly the first one, was not chosen for the solemnity of Mary, the Mother of God, but uh, on the occasion of the end of the year, meaning yesterday or the beginning. Um, it is the blessing of the Lord for the entire year uh, as they would have understood it in the Old Testament time. Um, so it offers, then, an occasion for us to compare it to the other two readings, the Old Testament, the Epistle, the second reading, and the Gospel. Reflecting on the readings for today, the Book of Numbers, the Gospel of Luke, and the letter to the Galatians, there is um, certainly a type of theme and a progression, and if you look over to our Statue of Mary, uh, we have three candles burning, which represent the Trinity. And... Uh, This is the progression that we see in the readings. Uh, The Old Testament blessing that the priests pronounce over the people did not exhaust everything that had been uh, revealed in their time, uh, particularly about the name of God, Uh, but it has something to teach us uh, in our time. From that first reading, it said, The Lord bless you and keep you, and the Lord let his face shine upon you, And be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you kindly and give you his peace. This blessing was given um, with the name of God or in the name of God, and it consisted of placing the name of God over the Israelite people. Now, my friends, uh, in English, the version we read is the Lord, um, but the Hebrew texts indicate that the name of God himself is revealed. Uh, It was Yahweh and it was repeated three times. The Israelites, however, had such reverence for the name of God rather than daring to utter it. uh, They substituted with another word, uh, Adonai, uh, Lord. And um, today, uh, the people of this world need to learn that reverence for God's name. The progression we find... uh, We look now to the second reading. The blessing is directed toward us with another name, Jesus, Jesus. We are not dealing with only a name, but with a person now, and uh, giving much greater fullness to God's blessings as we understood it from the Old Testament. It comes to us not only in name, but in the very presence of the Son of God. It is an extraordinary change that happens from the Old to the New Testament, rather than having a name, we have a real person in our midst, a person who is literally the face of God. The wish expressed in the Old Testament, particularly the prayer, may his face shine upon you, um, at best was vague uh, because the face of the Lord had not been revealed. No one had seen it. At least no one had seen it and lived. And uh I bring up Moses, because even Moses only saw God from behind. He spoke to the burning bush, and we're told uh, in Exodus 33 that he saw God, but only from behind, he, so the back of his head, <laughs> if you will. And, uh, but in Jesus, the face of God is revealed to us. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father, John 14, 9. We have the fortune of being able to contemplate things to Mary, Mary of Nazareth, the Son of God, to have him in our presence in a way that had not in previous times happened. And just like the shepherds who returned to Bethlehem, we too can praise and glorify God for all he has done. All of this should invoke in us a great trust in the year to come that we begin, that we have Christ with us. And because of that, all things are different. My friends, the third progression, if you will, not only do we have Jesus with us, but Jesus in us, according to the second reading. We have Jesus within us by the means of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who cries out in us, Father, Abba. This is the deepest meaning of the blessing that we receive at the beginning of the new year. Mary's yes to God thus gives us the company of Jesus in a way that is unique. She brings Jesus close to us. And as the apostles, in the beginning, they testified on behalf of Christ by their experience. Remember, there was no Bible back then when the apostles were walking around. There's the Torah, but there was no Bible. They hadn't been written yet. So all they had was their testimony. And uh, Mary brings Jesus so close to us. And as your pastor, I can testify from my experience from growing up, Mary has always been there through the homelessness, through the cancer, through all the impoverishment, through the joys. She has been there. More importantly, not only has she been there, but she has made sure her son was present to me. Because that's what she does. And then, of course, as a mother always does, do what my son tells you to do. That is the last recording of hers. And we know she spoke other things, but that's the last thing recorded in John's Gospel. You do what my son says. I can just picture, do what my son says be okay. (laughs) Behave. Make your mother proud. (laughs) My friends, Jesus offers himself to us in the most profound way by giving us his spirit. The Son of God not only had to become incarnate, but he also had to hand himself over to death so that through his death he might give us his spirit. John 19.30 God gives us the greatest gift of all, his love incarnate. Our Lady brings that into the world by her yes. And then the Son gives the gift of his life. And only by giving the gift of his life, then can we receive his spirit, the Holy Spirit. So we too, through baptism, receive adoption and become children of God. God's definitive blessing, His promise, His gift. The spirit of sonship, as the church calls it, penetrates us and transforms us, putting us into this deep relationship with the Father. That's why Jesus came. St. Paul says that you are no longer a slave, but a son. At the beginning of the new calendar year, St. Paul's words bring us the joy of knowing that God in his goodness has adopted us as his children. We thus know that God's blessing is something very tangible and deep. It is not only the name of a person near us, it is the divine life within us. In all this, we take note of the Trinitarian aspect of the blessing given to us today. The first reading speaks about the Father. The Gospel speaks about the Son of God, Jesus of Nazareth. In the second reading, Paul, writing to the Galatians, speaks of the Holy Spirit, thereby showing the fullness of God's blessing. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in God's generosity, he gives us also a mother, the Theotokos. Mary, the Holy Mother of of God. Open your hearts to the spirit of this first day of the new calendar year in order to receive God's blessings. Not only for yourselves and for your families, but let us receive it on behalf of the whole world, which needs blessing and hope and light. Although we cannot foresee what the new year will hold for us, or even if we will see its end, each day that we are given to live must be illuminated by the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, by Christ's peace, his joy, his hope, his love. Only one thing is of absolute importance, to become day and day what we really are, as the second reading told us, children of God. my friends... I'm going to be preaching to the choir here, so I know I don't need to tell you guys this, but um, Mary, I didn't want this day to go by without, I've spoken about the scriptures and everything that's inside the scriptures, uh, and what the readings mean. Um, The Theotokos, uh, which translates to the God-bearer. As the mother of God, the Virgin Mary has a unique position amongst all the saints, Indeed, among all creatures, she is exalted, yet still one of us. Redeemed by reason of the merits of her Son, which is a mystery to us, yes. and united to Him by a close, unbreakable tie, she is endowed with the high office and dignity of being the Theotokos, the mother, the son. Of the living God, by which account she is also the beloved daughter of the Father and the temple of the Holy Spirit. Think about that the rest of the day. Because of this gift of sublime grace, she far surpasses all creatures created in heaven and on earth. And I say that with love and absolute confidence and truth. At the same time, however, because she belongs to the offspring of Adam, human, she is one with all those who are to be saved. Mary embraces God's will and freely chooses to cooperate with God's grace always, up into Calvary and beyond, thereby fulfilling a crucial role in God's plan of salvation. Throughout the centuries, the Church has turned to the Blessed Virgin in order to come closer to Christ, and rightly so. Many forms of piety toward the Mother of God developed that help bring us closer to her Son. In these devotions to Mary, while the Mother is honored, the Son through whom all things have their being and in whom it has pleased the Father that all fullness should dwell, is rightly known, loved, and glorified, and all his commands are observed. We're talking about Jesus here. The church honors her, Mary of Nazareth, Mary, the mother of God, and looks to her as a model of perfect discipleship and asks for her prayers to God, for they are powerful before him on our behalf and on behalf of this church and our world. So, my friends, how does our veneration of Mary and the saints relate to our worship of the Father? The honor we give to God alone is properly called adoration, the highest honor we can give as humans. The honor we give to Mary, the mother of Jesus of Nazareth, the mother of God, and the saints is called veneration. Proper veneration of the saints does not interfere with the worship due God the Father, but fosters it, makes it stronger. Our communion with those in heaven, provided that it is understood in the fuller light of faith, according to its genuine nature, in no way weakens, but conversely, more thoroughly enriches worship we give to God the Father through Christ in the Spirit. With this understanding, we see the proper veneration of Mary does not detract from the worship of God. Even as the mother of our Savior, Mary has a place that is very subordinate, if you will, to and dependent upon that of her Son, who is the only mediator between God and humanity. The maternal role that Mary fulfills towards us as mother of the church in no way obscures or diminishes the unique mediation of Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ, but rather shows his power. The Second Vatican Council explained very clearly that Mary can be said to fulfill a mediation role only in a secondary and derivative manner, for no creature could ever be counted as equal to the Incarnate Word, our Redeemer. Just as the priesthood of Christ is shared in various ways, both by the ministers, like myself, and the faithful, and as the one goodness of God is really communicated in different ways to his creatures. So also the unique mediation of the Redeemer does not exclude, but rather gives rise to a manifold cooperation, which is, but a sharing in the one source. What Mary does for the salvation of the human family does not come from her own power, but from a gift of divine grace and love that is bestowed on her through her son, her son. All the salvific influence that she bestows on us is produced not from some inner necessity, but from divine pleasure. It flows forth from the superabundance of the merits of Christ, her Son, rests on his mediation, depends entirely on him, and draws all its power from it. Mary in no way replaces Christ. Rather, her role is to bring Christ to us. As is illustrated in Mary's words, last written, and the wedding feast. Do whatever my son tells you to do. And mercy, I have been trying to do that <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> With success and failures. But she's a good mother. So my friends, I've given you a lot on New Year's Day. Tomorrow's the feast of the epiphany of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll have Mass at 8.30 and 11. And... Uh, God willing, Father Mark will be on a plane tomorrow evening going to a priest conference in um, some terrible place called La Jolla, California. <laughs> <laughs> I've been praying, God's will be done, that Alaska airline does not cancel my flight. <laughs> um, but so uh, we will pray for all who travel uh, uh, this weekend and for their safe journey. When news came of the passing of two of our priests in the archdiocese, in the past couple of days, Father Jan Larson, senior priest, and Father Sean Fox, just a great example of priest um, to all of us. So we will keep them in our prayers and just their families in this time of loss and mourning. But um, Mary is a good mother to all of us, and particularly to us priests, so I'm sure they are in her care now. And uh, and she will deliver him to her son, as she always, as she always does. Hello, 2022, my friends. If nothing else, we are one year closer to our Lord coming in glory for us. So uh, we have reason to be hope-filled. Uh, but let us make this uh, a good year for for all that we encounter and uh, in all things give God glory. Amen.